Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Do we want to get right? Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Rock Out Loud. It's the Rockinest podcast on the internet and uh, in the Goliverse for sure. My name's Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you. If you're joining us for the first time on this episode of Rock Out Loud, this is a show where we pick a theme, we pick an album, we pick a group, we pick a topic, and we, and we musically work our way through that. Uh, with songs that are picked by myself and my co-host, who just happens to be the knowledgeable one about everything we talk about. If you want to know what I do, I bring the hits. In other words, you've heard the songs probably that I'm going to play for you. What she brings to the table is being the rockinest chick in all the land with all the lowdown, the knowledge, the passion. Ladies and gentlemen, she is Kristen from Jersey. What's up, Kristen? What's up, everybody? I mean, this is like my favorite thing. I love happy songs that are just sad. I mean, that's just my soul. So, welcome. Welcome to Kristen tonight. And that is the theme tonight. Happy songs that just, they sound happy, but the but the, the content of the lyrics may not be so much. And uh, and so that's, what we're, that's where we're going to go. And I'll be honest with you, uh, when I told Haley, my wife, this, she's like, that's a fun topic. Right? Yeah, and she immediately went to a song that she has maintained since the first time she really paid attention to it while we were driving somewhere one time is one of the saddest songs ever written. And so and it's on the list, so we'll get there tonight. It'll be fun. Oh, love it. Yeah, it'll be a good time. It'll it'll be fun. So um before we get into all of that though, um trying to think if there's anything else we need to bring up at the moment. Um Kristen, I don't know. There was I mean, I finally got some shows on the horizon. It that, seems yeah. like a bunch of people in the chat also have some concerts oh, cool. on the horizon. So, yeah, like April is going to be a good month. I got Dorothy, which I feel like we might have talked about Dorothy on this show. Um, but maybe not. I don't know. She's, you know, just this total rock chick. Love her mm-hmm. so much. Huge pipes. Um, so yeah, seeing her next month, and then I have Darkness Weekend where I'm going to two Darkness shows back to back. Wow, and then like, then it's the Struts Weekend coming up, and a bunch of other stuff, you know, sprinkled in between. So, super stoked for some shows coming up. Fingers crossed they all happen as scheduled. Well, I'll tell you this uh, you know, that I've, I've talked about it before on the show. Um, one of my one of my nostalgic loves is Christian rock music, particularly from the '90s, uh, the late '80s, early '90s. But one of my favorite bands of all time is a band called Petra. Mm. They are honestly um, no more. Uh, that you know, they they retired or, or did their farewell tour a while back. But um, the other day, I am working on uh, uh, doing a podcast kind of offshoot here on this feed, as well as we'll release it to Patreon first, and then it'll be put on this feed. Uh, a few days later, but um, talking about just walking through this band and their discography and, and their history and everything, because it is it is quite the 
it, it's quite the the evolution and the ride, and um and and I'm pretty excited to do it. I'm doing it in a way that I've never done anything else, uh, in a podcast form. I'm actually scripting the things out, and oh. and that sort of thing. Yeah, almost and and almost like you know having things queued up at just the right time, and so I'm actually putting some work and effort. <laughs> Not that I don't normally, <laughs> but you know what I mean, like to to really kind of NPR it up a little bit, but. At the same time, I was doing some research about some of it the other day, and w- what happened is a couple of years back, some of the guys from from what most people would consider the original version of Petra got back together a few years ago and, and put together a group they called Classic Petra, you know, just for, <laughs> for I'm sure for copyright stuff and everything, because, you know, music labels and all. But anyhow... Uh, and so they did a little bit of a tour and I just went to their website because they've got a couple of CDs that you can purchase there and they're not really available digitally. And I was checking to see if they had those available and all of a sudden it's like, we'll be in Alpharetta, Georgia. And I'm like, well, that's an hour away from me. I mean, that's basically the easiest trip you've ever done, Steve. <laughs> oh, it was the easiest decision I've ever made. <laughs> and I immediately, uh, I texted Haley. I'm like, Petra's coming to Georgia, and we're going. And, uh, and I mean, it's going to be a, it's a small show. It'll be at a, at a church and, um, uh, you know, in their, in their big auditorium or whatever. But it's, I'm not, you know, it, the actual original founding guitarist is not with them anymore. He stopped touring, but like the rest of the members of the band that were in Petra back in the day are there. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, headed that way. It's in April. No, I'm sorry. It's in May on May 20th. So I'm, I've just, I'm really excited because, um, that, that is, I haven't seen Petra since 1990, four probably so yeah i mean let's be real steve i mean for you to be excited about a show like a live show like you were not you were not you know me or maca right right you were not a show guy that's right that's right (laughs) not in many years i got to thinking about it though because i was like when did i see them last and i got to thinking about where it was and and how it was it was a big festival at six flags over georgia they did um they used to do this Christian music festival every summer or whatever, and I got to go that one year with another church group. And But then my youth pastor used to take us to a lot of these shows. And and so I got to see some great like Christian rock bands. Uh, and in one, we actually went, and, and there was only, I mean, like there was no turnout whatsoever. Uh-huh. There may have been 200 people at this show. And we got to just basically stand around and talk to the bands afterwards, oh, you know, love and that. well, and I'm just a stupid teenager at this point that I'm just excited to be there in the presence of these guys. And so I've got them signing a hat or whatever. And I just look, at them, I'm like, does this kind of remind you of the old days? He's like, oh, the old days weren't this bad, man. And I mean, so they were disappointed by the turnout and everything, but they were still super nice and, and, and cool to hang with for a few, for the few minutes that we got to, you know, but man, it was, um. But I got to think, I'm like, I did used to love to do this stuff. And now, you know, now that I'm older and try to be more responsible, I don't do it so much. But when I saw Petra, I was like, got it, tickets done. And so. 
I love it. I love it. Because, I mean, like you said, I mean, I feel like, you know, we were we had that running joke for a while. Like, anytime Savage Garden gets mentioned on Rock Out Loud, like, take a drink. Because we always talk about Savage Garden for a really long time. I feel like it's, same, like, Petra. Like, I feel like there's at least one Petra reference every show. It's, obviously yeah. by you. Yeah. So you love them. So yes. that's amazing. Yeah. And they're on the forefront of my thought process right now because I've been listening in spare time, been listening to them, been, you know, just kind of gathering my thoughts about them. Like I am, I'm obsessing over favorite album, favorite song from each album, favorite song of all from this version, favorite song from this version, favorite album. You know, I'm like, I'm going full on geek music mode right now. It's, you know, and you know how it is, you know, like if we down that rabbit hole, man. Yeah. Like if we just started pulling out a group and like, all right, Kristen, you know, favorite album by Bon Jovi, favorite album by this era, though, Bon Jovi, favorite album, you know, we could do it. You could do it, you know. I could. And so uh, so I'm just kind of living with them right now. And it's on the fort. But then when I saw they were there, I'm like, yes. So we're, we're headed that way. So, um, so yeah, show season coming around. Started looking at some other things. Journey's going to be in Atlanta. And I'd kind of like to go see them. But their tickets, even for like, bad not I, I don't know i don't know there'd be any seat that's a bad seat in the stadium but you know from from like upper deck upper deck seats are pretty expensive for two tickets mm-hmm. and i and i just i'm like i just can't justify in this economy to do that to us right now so um but but i would enjoy i think i would enjoy seeing them you know i, I think that that's a group that um that that they kind of maintain a little bit of integrity of sound because of the the way they've handled their vocalist and everything. Um, yeah, I mean that's true. And honestly, like it's one of those things. Like it's just fun because I mean, like you were saying, like it's hit after hit after hit after yep. hit after yep. hit. Yeah, yeah. Well, because Neil Shania said we're not going to really worry about putting out new music anymore because that's not what people want to hear at concerts. And I think he's done some side things. Um, well, he did a he did a side project with somebody. What was that called? Do you remember? Um, um. Oh my God! It wasn't the one with Dean Castronova, right? That was another one. The Angels. What was the Angels? Something. We've been locked out of paradise. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but anyhow, yeah, they they had a he did a whole like side project. Um, I do feel like it had something to do with Revolution Angels. Saints. Revolution, Revolution Saints. Saints. Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly <laughs> right. Yep. It's, Angels. I was kind of on the same. I no, was but, there. but yeah, no, you were. That's the thing. Like, uh, yeah, and and that was a good. We we've talked we've touched on that here and there. That the, you know the what they put out was not a bad album. I think they only did the one. No, it's just did a bummer do, that like they never toured. Yeah, obviously when you because it's like it's Germany oh, no. sticks and it, it's like these are big bands that yeah. have summer gigs, man. Yep, yep. No, they did. I didn't realize this. They did several. Uh, he's done several albums with Revolution Saints. So, or Revolution Saints have had several albums. I should say. I didn't realize that. I thought they only did the one. Interesting. Yeah, so that might be. I might have to look into that later on. And then, I'm, of course, I'm still hoping for that Creed reunion tour. <laughs> of course. Can you take me higher? So, because you know, I'll be. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> when you are with me. I do crack up at those TikToks. Like yeah. I crack up at people that are like, "No way!" Like Creed is legit. Like it just makes me laugh. I appreciate that Scott Stapp is apparently not crazy right now. Yeah, he seems like he's a good sport. Like, yeah, he's on the and, joke. and he's on the joke, that. right? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So, but like, also very quickly, not music related at all. But mm-hmm. speaking of in on the joke, like 
that new Nicolas Cage movie that's coming out, like, I can't wait to see it because <laughs> it just seems crazy. Have you seen the trailer? Uh, no, tell, tell me more. So it is It is a movie, it has The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is the name of the movie. And Nicolas Cage plays himself, but this, like, multi-billionaire, like, offers him a million dollars to come to his house and, I guess, like, entertain him. And I guess, you know, in the movie, Nicolas Cage doesn't have a lot of work, right? Mm -hmm. Well, come to find out that, you know, the guy whose house he goes over is, like, not a good guy in any way, shape, or form. Um, But he's obsessed with Nicolas Cage, so he loves him. And he's like, what's the best movie of all time? And, like, he's like, I can't answer that question. Like, it's it's Nicolas Caging, Nicolas Cage, like – ramped up and then when they find out like of course like the government finds out that he's with this guy and they're like you have to help us so then it becomes like an action movie and he's like i don't want to kill you you're the last person on earth i want to kill right now i love you and it's it looks so insane oh pedro so pascal's funny. in this he's yeah he's, he's the bad guy that's awesome the mandalorian <laughs> is the bad guy that's cool <laughs> but yeah it's how, like just being in on the joke, I'm like, oh my god, I cannot wait to see this movie because it actually looks really, really good and really, really funny. Wow, yeah, I, I've I've noticed like some articles here and there about him popping up, and I was wondering like, why is he suddenly showing up in the news and everything? And I guess it's because of this. Um, and it comes out April 22nd, so dark this weekend, so I won't be able to see it that mm, weekend, mm. but I will be able to see it the following weekend. <laughs> that's fun. That that's that's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's get into this thing. Um, we're talking about songs that sound happy, but are not. And um, and and you put a few. You you sent your list to me, and you put a few honorable mentions there. Yeah. Um, things that didn't quite make it. Detroit Rock City by Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, which I didn't realize. Like as I started looking into some of these things, I didn't realize that uh, that that was written. Inspired by a, a someone who like was in a wreck and died on their way to a, a kiss, kiss show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. See, these are the things. Like you hear, you just hear the chorus. You're like, get up. You're like, yeah, cool, great. But then you listen, you actually pay attention to the lyrics. And you're like, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Hungry Heart by Bruce. Yeah. That. But you know what? And and there'll be some Bruce played on this show, everyone. Um, yep. <laughs> but that's true with a lot of Bruce's songs is that hundred percent. Yeah. It could have been an entire Bruce list. Right. Us. Exactly. <laughs> uh, MGMT time to pretend not familiar with that at all. If you heard it, you probably would. It's a song that starts with like that synth where it's like, like you would know it if you heard it. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know it just then, by the way. Well, so. I tell you, you would know it. I mean, I did a pretty great job. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> See, if, if you don't recognize it, that's on you, not on I me. Mean, you were literally under a rock for about three years where it was used in every commercial, every movie. <laughs> that is that is very much a, 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 a could be a true. <laughs> I gotta listen to see if I actually recognize it. And how dead on Kristen was. Yeah. Okay. I recognize the synthesizer that you just did. I do recognize that. Okay. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah, I do recognize that. Um. <laughs> Hands Clean by Alanis. You know, Alanis has a few, again, that I think kind of sound a little upbeat and happy. But I think where where 
where she comes in at though is you can really understand what she's saying. Like none of her lyrics are too fast or too screamed or yes, you know too she, overpowered she in the production. Yes, exactly. Like well. a good Canadian. And um, that's like a song that like I don't think it's super like masked in terms of the lyrics. Like I mean the lyrics right. are in your face and like you said like with her she is very she enunciates so mm -hmm. you can hear those lyrics but it gets to that chorus and that chorus is like super catchy and it's like i could just see where like everybody was just singing like that chorus and into it and like jamming it i'm pretty sure it was like a summertime hit also mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and then you like read the lyrics and you're like oh this is about like you know well not so great relationship between an adult and a child and anytime yes and anytime alanis is brought up i immediately am taken back to 1995, senior year of high school, Jagged Little Peel. Um, she was she was in many ways kind of revolutionary for the for the music movement of the time, um, because everyone that was singing and angry were all or sounded angry were all these you know these male voices in the alternative rock genre movement you know, and then here comes this this woman with this powerful, just vocal, just authority when she's singing and and the driving guitar especially with you know the first big single being uh you ought to know mm -hmm. and and then um and then you know everything that that album was just a hit all the way around for one thing but it also took me back to hidden tracks okay uh do you remember hidden tracks on CDs uh absolutely i do i loved a hidden track <laughs> i mean it was like you would sit there and and if you put your CD player on repeat because you're really digging the album and all of a sudden it just keeps going or you notice as you're listening through for the first time that this thing hasn't stopped. Why is this song still going two minutes after it's ended? And then all of a sudden something starts up. Yep. She had one of the most hauntingly beautiful hidden tracks um, at the end. It? It's uh, I think it's called The House oh. and it's acapella. And it is, um, it, it's just, it, it's just a really sad, um, just really almost spiritual in some ways sounding, uh, let me, let me, let me just play a little bit here. <laughs> and I don't know if it's anywhere else on the album or, or what, to be honest with you, but I just remember the first time I was introduced to this, we were at work, we were closing up and, uh. My friend was like, "Hey, have you heard? Have you heard this? Have you heard the Forgive Me Love song?" I'm like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about?" And uh, and and so she played it, and I was like, "Wow, this Without is." Without permission, shouldn't be. I came in the middle of the song, by the way. Would you forgive <laughs> me, love, if I dance in your shower? Would you forgive me, love, if I laid in your bed? Would you forgive me, love, if I stay all afternoon? I took off my clothes. So she is just like, she's so, it's almost like broken to the old apartment kind of deal. Yeah, I have not heard that song before. Yeah, so. it's, it's at the end of Jagged Little Peel. Uh, it, it starts out. It's got the the the, the you ought to know is they've got the remix version of it as the last track, and then it starts about a minute or so after that ends, minute or two minutes after that ends. Okay. 
And it's just. Now, and, have you watched her documentary yet, Steve? No, I have not. You got it, man, because it's all about that era and that album. Yeah, well, there was a. It was a major. I mean, that was a big deal, man. Uh, that album. It was. It was. You know, revolutionary maybe a little bit. Um, too strong word. It was impacting. It was all time, man. It was impacting. It it definitely made an impact in the culture, and in the time, and it definitely was was hard to follow up. And she did. I mean, she she had a few good hits afterwards, but I mean, nothing to the extent of that. And that doesn't mean that what she did afterwards wasn't good. It just you know, hands clean is one of those. It came after Jagged Little Pill. It came on a follow-up album, but anyhow, um, yep. I just that sent me down that little rabbit hole for about five minutes today. <laughs> uh, we you, love it. We you, love that. You also had Simple Plan. I'd do anything. Yeah, I mean, I this this also could have been a whole list of just emo songs, mm-hmm. but I was like, I'm gonna spare Steve. <laughs> and then you told me you were today's year, years old when you learned that "There She Goes" by the Laws is about heroin. Yes. Like literally, I was like, I was like googling, doing some research because I'm fascinated by, like I said, just pop songs mm-hmm. that you l- look at those lyrics and you're like, oh my god, like I cannot believe this was a hit, um, in terms of just like the lyrical content. So when everybody was like, oh yeah, well the laws is like the happiest little song about heroin, I was like, what? Couldn't believe it. And then I read like read the lyrics. I'm like, oh my god. So yeah, love that. Today it, years old. And that's there she goes. Yeah, there she goes again. Yeah. Um. No one else could heal my pain. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm telling you, man. This is this is a very interesting topic. Yeah. So we'll get into this, and I'm so glad that you included this. Is a look on, on Rock Out Loud, ladies and gentlemen. You know that there are a few groups that are going to get mentioned on a regular basis. Of course, the, the aforementioned Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've kind of half mentioned Bon Jovi. Yep. Def, Def Leppard will usually get a shout out on the show at some point, um, and the Killers uh, are another one that is a, that are consistently here on these lists and so we'll just start with this one this is uh runaways by the killers i promise there we go
I'm always amazed sometimes when I listen to this. I'm like, gosh, you can just hear the Springsteen influence on these guys. Oh, this is Brandon such a especially. song. Yes. This, this could be on Born to Run. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, just the whole not even not not even the lyrics, but just the just the the structure musically of the verses and the vocals and everything. Like I can hear Bruce Springsteen singing this song. And Brandon would love you for that. <laughs> well, <laughs> he would probably humbly be like, "No, I could never." Like I wish. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you see where I'm coming from. Like that whole, like the opening, like there's just something about the way he's singing and the way he, there's, there's a few, they're not runs, but they're dips and stuff in, in the notes and the way that it's written. It does. I'm sorry. Blonde hair blowing in the summer wind, blue eyed girl playing in the sand. Yep. I mean, that's jungle land. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm so happy that you, cause this song is like, this song is deceptive, and I'm so happy you let the second verse play out mm-hmm. because when you first listen to the lyrics, you're like, "Oh my god!" Like a teenage rush, you know. And it's just like, "Oh, this like this is nice." And then you get to that second verse where he's like, "I get the ten- tendency to slip when the nights get wild." Mm-hmm. That's like your first indication, right? Then you have the bridge of we used to look at the stars and confess our dreams, hold each other to the morning light. We used to laugh, now we only fight. Baby, are you lonesome now? Right? So then that's the whole bridge. And then it comes into like the pre-chorus where he's like, at night I come home after I go to sleep. Like a stumbling ghost, I haunt these halls. There's a picture of us on our wedding day. I recognize the girl, but I can't settle in these walls. It's just like... You want to crawl out of your skin. You don't know who you are. And I love this song so much. And again, this is a song that it has that anthemic quality. So everybody sings it live. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, man, like this is definitely not like, you know, the happiest little ditty that there is. But damn, it feels good to scream it live. Yeah, and I think that's the kicker is it it has once you get to that chorus, it does have that anthemic feel. That's a great word. And and that's a word that's going to swing back around tonight as well. Um, because, the, and, and then as you begin to think about it, you realize you're talking about someone who's just completely discontent in, in the relationship that began so well. Yep. And, um, and, and he's messed it. Like he's confessing his mistakes and stuff. So it's, uh. This album is so underrated. I know amongst the killers fandom, it's like one of the lowest ranked in terms of like enjoying it, but oh my God, <laughs> Battleborn is? To, yeah, dude. If you have not listened to Battleborn, like, if you are a lyrics person, if you are a Springsteen lover, because I know Samstown tends to get a lot of the, like, oh, it's very Bruce, it's very mm-hmm. Bruce. But friggin' Battleborn, lyrically, like, I meet Angie Stale time, like, when, because I'm going to manifest it, when we meet Brandon Flowers, like, I, I'm literally going to say to him, like, dude, lyrically, I'm a huge Springsteen fan. And I'll tell you right now, you have some songs on your records that are right up there with the greatest songs that he's ever written. Yeah, I listen, I agree. Like this, I'm telling you, this sounded like a Bruce song as it started out. And I've heard it, you know, and, I, and that's just kind of my response as it does. And, um, and I hope you do get to tell him that and oh. make him blush. One day. One yeah. day, Steve. You One know, day. I'm, I mean, Brandon Flowers, I feel like that's, you know... I'm not trying to meet Bruce Springsteen. I right. already did that. Right. <laughs> if I can meet Bruce, I can meet anybody. That's yeah. Oh, that's true. Kristen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the confidence that we love out of Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of like where it's like, oh, like I I get Bruce tickets. Like if I can get any tickets to any show, I get Bruce tickets every time he comes to Philly. Mm-hmm. Like that's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Fake it till you make it, Steve. That's right. Well, um, 
this is one that I was kind of surprised by when I when I picked it. Um, even okay. though I've kind of always known. Uh, we'll talk about it after we listen to a little bit of it. Everyone knows it. It's You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon. A man walks down the street. He says, why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle? The rest of my life is so hard. I need a photo opportunity. I want a shot of redemption. Don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. Bone digger, bone digger, dogs in the moonlight. Far away, my well-lit door. Mr. Beer Melly, Beer Melly, get these mutts away from me, you know. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your long-lost pal. I can call you Betty. Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. A man walks down the street, he says, why am I short of attention? Got a short little... So the chorus of this song actually is based on an inside joke between Paul Simon and his wife at the time. They were at some swanky get-together with some French dude who I should know. And as they were leaving, he said, it was good to see you tonight, Al and Betty. And her name was Debbie. Or Pat or Patty, something like that. But anyhow, the point is, um, they they started just kind of laughing about that. But he 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 wrote this whole song. But then he was in South Africa, and he was seeing kind of the effects of apartheid and everything. And so this whole song goes from a dude who's completely self obsessed. You know, why am I so soft in the middle? Why am I short of attention span? What's my problem? What's going on here? And then the third and final verse he gets to, it says, a man walks down the street. It's a street in a strange world. Maybe it's the third world. Maybe it's his first time around. Doesn't speak the language. He holds no currency. He's a foreign man, and he's surrounded by the sound, the sound. Cattle in the marketplace, scatterings and orphanages. He looks around, around. Uh, He sees angels in the architecture spinning in infinity. He says, amen and hallelujah. The whole thing is he suddenly realizes all the suffering and everything that's going on around him for the first time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I never realized that at all until I was reading about it today because, you know, you, you do the research and it's like, you can call me out? What do you mean this has a dark side? <laughs> we were both today years old when we found That's, that out. Yeah, yeah. So, and of course, I love, I mean, it's a fun song and the video is funny. Chevy Chase is sitting there singing along with him and everything, you know. <laughs> and so, and I guess. I do love that lyric, by the way. He sees the angels in the architecture spinning in infinity. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul Simon's a heck of a songwriter. Yeah, so they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Paul Simon's going to be a little bit, he's going to be a little bit geared down from your speed. But, uh, but if you want to, if you want to, if you want to, you know, get some of his, he, he does have, he is a, he is a good songwriter. Watch his uh, episode of The Muppet Show. It's all Paul Simon music and it's good stuff. Uh, 50. Really? Yeah. What? I'll have to check that out. That's got to be on YouTube. He was, I'm sure it is. Uh, 50 <laughs> Ways to Leave Your Lover. You snip, slip out the back, Jack, make a new plan, Stan, you know. And then, of course, there's all the Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. That was him of and Garfunkel. That was either him or Garfunkel one that wrote that, I think. So, <laughs> we I was just watching Almost Famous the other day and like with Angie, and we were just like cracking up. <laughs> at, like just the mom in the beginning and how funny it is. And it's like Simon and Garfunkel, like, you cannot listen to this music. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoo, she better be glad she didn't grow up in the 80s or like raise children in the 80s. Right. Oh, yeah. 
as we discussed last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all this, with all the Satan, satanic panic and everything, for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, now, Kristen, I'm not familiar with this group. I don't think. Oh, you know this song. Okay, well there you 100%, go. Hundred percent, you know this song. All right, bet uh, challenge accepted. Love fool <laughs> by the Cardigans. You're right. I do. I do. I've heard it. Hate it. I didn't mean to shout over the front of it how much I hate this song, but I do. <laughs> Why? Because it's a 90s pop song? I, probably. Uh, you know what? It just was so overplayed. Oh, well, absolutely. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, we're not talking about the most overplayed, but there it is. Um, throw in Eagle Eye Cherry and you've got your 90s you know, duo that I just absolutely, the one-two punch of hatred from me. And Deep Blue Something, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Now, oh, God. Now, hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh. I will grant you overplayed. <laughs> <laughs> but I will not grant you that it makes me angry. when I, It doesn't make me angry when I hear it. I hadn't heard it in ages. Thank God. Oh, and I'm I jealous. said, what about Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's? Well, look, this song, uh, this song makes me think of that scene in The Office. Okay, when? I've never seen an episode. So oh my gosh. Well, look, I'm not going to be one of those people. They're like, oh, you need to watch it. But Kristen, <laughs> it's worth your time. Um, the the uh, there, Jim, who is the, the titular of The Office. Yep, um, okay, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. everyone loves Jim. There's a, there's a scene where he is, there, he's fighting with one of his friendly, he's in a friendly little, you know, kind of squabble with one of his female coworkers um, about a chair or whatever, or something, and she won't give it back, and so he's trying to torture her, and so he's just starts going, "Love me, love me, say that you love," <laughs> and she's like, "Oh man, this is wrong. This is so wrong." And he, goes, oh, yeah. and he stops, and then Andy Bernard, played by Ed Helms, of uh, Hangover fame and everything, he's he kicks in once everything stops. He goes, "I don't care about anything but you." I mean, it's like the ultimate earworm. It is. Steve. Yes, like, right. You will literally like tonight, like while you are going to sleep, you yeah. will literally be like, "So I cry and I pray and I." <laughs> and I will be like, and I hate Kristen. <laughs> Text me in the morning. Yeah, I can't stand you. Yeah, couldn't I mean, sleep all night. Again, like another song, right? Like you said, huge hit, pop smash. I mean, it's one of those songs that even if you don't know the name of the song or the name of the band. You start playing the song in the chorus, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, I I 100% know. Um, 
So, and then, like, you listen to the lyrics and you're like, it's literally just about, like, this girl that got dumped that's, like, begging this guy to take her back and begging him to love her. Mm, wow. <laughs> it's Hugh Grant and Notting Hill. Oh, my God. You know, just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> obsessed with that movie i haven't seen that movie in far too long i think it's time to work that back into the rotation well there you go i'm glad i could bring it back to you thank you even I though just... the song is not in that movie it is however in cruel intentions mm. you're welcome well i'll tell you i just hated this song in the 90s um i didn't i didn't give it enough time to learn whether or not i liked it so <laughs> well Again, it fits the topic, so we can move on. <laughs> You're exactly right. It does. It it fits the topic also perfectly. <laughs> um. Well, this is one. This is the one that we were riding. I was riding somewhere one day. We were driving somewhere with my wife, and I had on uh, a playlist or a Spotify station or an Amazon station of like you know classic rock or whatever. And this song hit, and my wife listened to the lyrics, and she said, "This is a horrible song." <laughs> this is the most depressing song I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, I don't think so. And then I started listening. I'm like, I can't argue with it, but I'm going to continue to. Here we go. Jack and Diane Two American kids growing up In the heartland Jack is gonna be A football star Diane's debutante backseat Of Jackie's car Sucking on chili dog Outside taste freeze Diane sitting on Jackie's lap, got his hands between his knees. Jackie say, hey, Diane, let's run off behind the shady trees. Dribble off those Bobby Brooks, let me do what I please. Say, oh, yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Say, oh, yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone to walk on Do -do. Iconic Life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone Ain't that the truth that <laughs> <laughs> Haley was like Steve that is terrible that is horrible I'm like well it's just a it's a kid's take on what's coming down the pipe. She's like, I don't think that's true. She's like, if the thrill of living is gone, why live at all? I'm like, well, now you're getting dark. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Also, like, just the line, like, sucking on a chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze, like, mm. that is just disgusting. Well, now, here's the thing. Do you have, <laughs> did you guys have Tasty Freezes in Jersey? Definitely not. Okay. Tasty Freeze, uh, definitely, we had him in the South. Tasty Freeze was kind of a poor man's dairy queen 
Okay, that makes sense with the name. And so if you're talking about sucking down a chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze, you're talking about you're living in a town where if the Tasty Freeze is the big deal, there's nothing happening in that town. So, you know, and life goes on even after the thrill of living, it's gone. And, 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 and I even brought it up on the big honking show one day. I'm like, is this really sad, everybody? And everyone kind of agreed. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of depressing, a, a depressing lyric. So, one of my songs is like that, where it's like, is this sad? And like the majority of people are like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not like, happy. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's so, you want to know something really bad? And this like shows my age, which is like, I'm not proud of this. Every single time I hear the intro to Jack and Diane, I always for like, I will be like, oh yeah, it's Jack and Diane. But then there will be something in me that'll be like, or is it, I think I'm in love by Jessica Simpson. (laughs) Um, What? Because she sampled it. So that song starts off with that iconic intro from Jack and Diane. So there's always like a part of me that's like, wait, or... It's this Jessica Simpson. What? Yes. <laughs> Pull it off, Jessica Simpson. I think I'm in love with you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I was a 90s baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so mad at Jessica Simpson right now. <laughs> why i am a great person to bring with you to a music quiz night because i am like oh yeah 90s pop i'm all about it what song did jessica simpson sample in her 1999 classic i think i'm in love with you oh john mellican right and the problem is is Kristen can't keep it down so all the tables around you hear the answers before y'all show them and so everyone before you know it before you know it Kristen's on everybody's team because she gets so excited about winning one time so i've only gone to a quiz night one time and it was on a date and it was like so stupid but like it got to the music section and i was like okay like i'm not gonna lie like we might do really really well here and like he was like there was one i don't even remember what the question was but the answer was seven bridges road by the eagles and like before the question even ended i was like oh seven bridges road by the eagles put that down and he was like what? I'm like, it's the answer. Seven Bridges Road. Just write it down. <laughs> I'm like, this. I'm sorry. This is my thing. You want to take me to a quiz night? <laughs> Dear funeral. You asked for it. You asked for it. He ended up being a weirdo. Hmm. He like judged me for getting like a, uh, a gin and tonic. I'm like, yeah, no, this ain't going to work. <laughs> wow. That's a weird. That's a weird thing to judge someone on. I know. I was like, yeah, I'll have a gin and tonic. He was like, whoa, boozy. I was like. Whoa, uh, boozy. is. I didn't realize that was a super boozy drink. Apparently it is. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, we All don't right. have to talk about that. No. But, yeah, so every time, every single time I think that, I literally think, or is it Jessica Simpson? <laughs> Man, I just kind of hate to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me as sad as the as the lyrics of that, line, of that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I could bring you down, Steve. That's right. Well, let's go to Oasis because they'll do that all the time for us. Woo! Here we go.
Oasis. God, do I love them. And then also, like, then literally the next line of the song is, I think, like, such a beautiful lyric of some might say they don't believe in heaven. Go and tell it to the man that lives in hell. Mm. So it's just very, like, this This is a song I was referencing when it's like, is this a sad song? Like, do people think <laughs> this is? And people are like, yes. <laughs> so it was like an astounding, like, yeah, again, like, anthemic. You want to sing along. But, I mean, like, again, some might say that sunshine follows thunder. Go and tell it to the man that cannot shine. Mm. Like, there's always, like, something in here where it's like, well, some might say that we will find a brighter day. Right. But they're not saying that, like, I am saying or I believe we'll find a brighter day. Or I'm not saying I believe that right. uh, there's a heaven or anything like right. that. And, oh, this this song... This is okay. So I am very, very much a definitely maybe over what's story morning glory person. However, oh my God, some might say is like, some might say is one of my like probably top five Oasis songs ever. It's so good. Well, here's what I like about English rock bands um, who you can tell are they, they, they don't shy away from their influence of bluesy rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And, and this song, just the start of it you know, has that bluesy rock and roll feel. And, and like, you can tell it's, it's Oasis. And so if you know, it's Oasis going in, you're like, Oh, it's British rock. But at the same time, the way they're just jamming and playing through, it's like, you can see their roots in just classic rock, you know, that, that British rock that was based on the bluesy rock, you know, the blues that were coming out of the States that everyone was enamored with in, 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 you know, over across the pond, and how that evolved into what Oasis was doing there. And um, I, I'm like you. I like these lyrics. The, where he says some might say they don't believe in heaven. Go and tell the man who lives in hell. That almost has a positive spin, though, to it, too. I know. That's why I was like, is this song lyrically sad? But like I said, I, I you know, defer to the Internet. And the Internet was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> because well, <laughs> i'm with you now maybe that's because we are uh like you know glass half full people 
Um, <laughs> bunch of which, oh, wait a minute, you and I are a bunch of cockeyed optimists. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> um, on like every Tuesday at eight thirty, Com- I am. I will say this: compared to the internet, sure. <laughs> Trust me, I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop at all times, always. So <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> not me, but like that song. Listening to those lyrics, I'm like, oh, this makes me just like want want to be optimistic and want to be happy. Sure, <laughs> I want to be part of the sum. <laughs> yeah, want I want to be some of those that might say this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How, the struggle is real. What must that be like? It's it's constant disappointment, is what it's like. Because <sighs> you might say that, but then you'll definitely be disappointed. Tell me about it. Anyway. The struggle is real. (laughs) And Liam Gallagher, if you could please, for the love of God, come over to the States when I'm not in England, that'd be so great. Every time he's come over here, I've been in England, and I'm like, this sucks! Do they still hate each other? Oh, oh, yes. That's sad. (laughs) Very much so. But, hey, I love Liam. I get it. Noel is, like, the lyrical masterpiece, Mm -hmm. or, like, the mastermind that, like, makes me sob when I listen to his lyrics, and they're so incredible, but sorry, Liam just does it for me. The voice, the attitude. That's my guy. Can we have a quick discussion? Why do they hate each other? Um, well, if you watch any of the documentaries, uh, Liam thinks it's because he peed on Noel's stereo when they were teenagers and Noel was never forgiven him. Um, Mm -mm. and then you have Noel that's like, oh, well, all Liam did was glom off of me and my genius. Mm. Let me take because I'm I'm going to say this because whatever's going on there that they have just agreed there is an agreement betwixt them a brother's agreement to not tell what's really at the heart of it. I know S- somebody slept with somebody. <laughs> That's what it is. All I know is that they have been offered like millions and millions and millions of dollars to reunite, and they say no every time. Man. So I'm like, Can this you- is. This is really never going to happen. <laughs> Can you imagine awkwardly sitting at that family Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, my God. I would love it. Yeah. Because here's the thing. They both, like, are so... They are aggressive, but they are, like, so passive-aggressive and, like, underhand... They underhand each other and undermine each other all the time. And it just kills me. And, like, that just dry British Mancunian sense mm-hmm. of humor. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mancunian, everyone, is your word for tonight. It is, because they are from Manchester. Manchester, England, England. I can't even attempt that accent. That accent's hard. Although, been to Manchester, loved it there. Yeah, all right. Well. um, Shout out Manchester. I'm going to bring us back over to the state side. Woo! The ultimate uh, state side. Yeah, we've had, yeah, exactly. Uh, We've had a little John Mellencamp, um, and now we'll go with a little bit of credence. I almost I think I almost stepped out in a weird way there. But anyhow, I cannot make the, I'm not gonna make all the weird connections. Uh this is one that uh I, I there was one of my I didn't put it as an honorable mention, but I almost chose Fortunate Son. Okay. Because Fortunate Son jams and you know and it and it's got that and, and it's in every war movie of course because it's a it's a Vietnam song. But um but I was like, well, how about this one? Because this is a this is a nice little classic ditty as well, uh, from Credence. I see a moon rising. 
I mean, this is as classic rock as classic rock gets. Like, this is oldies, almost. Um, yeah, at this point, yeah. And and Credence is one of those groups, honestly, that when when Tom Petty died, we talked about how he's just everywhere. Like, you know, for so many eras, he was, you know, you can just about pick a song out that was a hit from just about every era of his career, and and it just infiltrated the pop culture. Credence is the same way, not that they were around as long as Tom Petty, but um, but just their stuff. Like, I'm always surprised by what I know by credence you know and this song just it's it's all peppy and happy and it's like hey don't go around tonight they're going to take your life there's a bad moon on the rise there's a bad moon on the rise and what's so amazing to me is like these guys sound like they're straight out of the swamp but they're from california isn't that so crazy like yeah. if you were to listen to them you'd be like oh yeah they're them and leonard skinner and southern rock man mm-hmm. and it's like well summer california boys yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's like they're you know at least no now Skinner's from the south. Yeah. You know, but but yeah, you you think that you think that they're just together in in their in their understanding of everything because like they even say when you're when they do their version of Proud Mary, he's like Big Will keep on toining. Like he's like he's Cajun mm. from right down in the bayou and it's like come on man. They I I almost feel disillusioned when um when when I when I realized that they were from California, when I learned they were from California, not from, it's like I've been lied to my entire life. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I always it's John Fogerty that sings with Credence, and I always have to check myself because I always say it's John Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> and I and I but because also some of the songs are kind of similar. Like you know, John, you could see Credence doing Pink Houses later on. You know, yeah, or, has that kind of similar or vibe small town. That yeah, yeah, vein. right. But but this song is just like it is voodoo all over it. Um, yes. you know, bad moon rising, storms coming, but it's so happy to sing about it. Like, hey, you know, like you can do a little jig to the bad moon rising. <laughs> jig, you're clapping, obviously to the beat. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Percent. Yeah. Now, but here's the thing, Kristen. This isn't the most deceptively happy song on our list. Uh, no. In fact, I would say that <laughs> as we have gone through this thing, that mm, maybe you know you've got to know the story, I guess, behind you can call me Owl, uh, Owl, Owl. Um, <laughs> you can call me Owl. Who exactly? Um, you know, lo- loveful is um, yeah, that's the earworm and everything. But I'm going to tell you something. There is no song that has been chosen tonight. <laughs> that is nearly as deceptive as your next pick here. Um, Absolutely. For, for a happy sounding song that is actually not so happy when it comes right down to it. And to the point, Kristen, that I almost put my foot down and said, no, ma'am. <gasps> because I, I was, was going to fight you on it. Because let me just be honest right now. When it comes to this song, I never really knew the words. You looked at them today and were like, oh, yep. these children were educated. They, yes, these children had a view. They, these children had a point of view, and let us play that point of view right now.
also, I've loved this song for, Lord, now what, 24 years? Yeah, like 90, what, like 97? 97, 98, 20, 97, 25 years I've loved this song. Um, a quarter of a century, over half my life, I've loved this song. <laughs> and I have, rem- and, and I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. I have remained blissfully ignorant of the lyrics and just tried to fill in. It, and it's one of those things that's become so commonplace to me of not knowing the lyrics. Yeah. That if you said, see, what are the lyrics to Umbop? I'd be like, mm. Yesterday, yesterday, I was a thousand years away, and, and like I, like I have no idea. Like I would have to say, got no idea, and 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 unfortunately, the young man did not enunciate well while he was singing. He's no Alanis Morissette when it comes to his enunciation. <laughs> no, he was also like what, like eleven, twelve. Right, right. <laughs> you have so many relationships in this life; mm. only one or two will last. Take me to church, Steve. I mean, good Lord. You go through all the pain and strife, then mm-hmm. you turn your back, and they're gone so fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hold mm-hmm. on to the ones who really care. In the end, they'll be the only ones there. And, and when you get old and start losing your hair, can you tell me who will still care? Now, let me tell you what pisses me off about that line. <laughs> These little boys. With all their hair. With all their glorious locks that they had. All three of them back in the day. <laughs> In the in the words of Buck Thompson from the Big Hong Show, those little girls grew up to be great men. Um, oh <laughs> but no, like they had glorious locks of hair, and so of course they're going to be like the worst thing that could ever happen is losing your hair. Well, I mean, we all love them for their hair, and here's the worst part, Steve: they all still have their hair. They do, they do. They're they're good looking guys. They've they've done well. Listen, this is I've I've made it very clear on this show, and if this is your first time joining us, you need to understand, yes, we will play we will play Megadeth and then we will turn around and unashamedly play Hanson. Hundred percent. Yeah. We're there, no <laughs> or a Savage Garden. I mean it it one of the two. It's like a chicka cherry cola. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we are rock out loud, but I think there's nothing more rock than being like, no, Hanson mm-hmm. jams. Mm-hmm. Also, like when I was a child, like I was not like a Backstreet Boys girl or an NSYNC girl. I was a Hanson girl. Had- and Bill and Angie used to make fun of me. They used to call Taylor by the wrong name. And I was always just like, they write their own songs and play their own instruments. Because they do. They do. And to this they day, they still do. Yeah. They are talented guys. And how many times have I said on this show, I believe, maybe just the Big Honkin' Show, like one of the things I really respected about them is is they wanted to do their own thing and they bucked against the label. And so everything they've produced since has been pretty much independently produced. Um, They're not on a label anymore, as far as I know. Yeah, I think they're on their own. and, uh, and, And also for a while there, they were doing like music camps for... Uh-huh. Singer songwriters and and even some celebrities would go and they would just make super groups during the week and and write and perform songs and just have a good time, um and so yeah these guys are are they're the real deal you know they weren't they weren't a manufactured little boy band no and they were like right before like the massive explosion of all the boy bands happened they were so different from all that because like they weren't going to get on stage and and dance and to their credit they never did like 
to throw Jessica Simpson out to the wolves again. It's not like a Jessica Simpson thing where for the longest time when she started, she was like, no, I'm not like a Britney Spears because, you know, the worst thing that you could be was a right. Britney Spears. Right. Um, and then like what her second like single or her second album comes out and she's like, you know, low rise jeans, crop top, like out in the rain. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. But like literally when you put someone down to be like, that's not me. And then the record company, like, pushes you to do that and you give in it's mm -hmm. like i'm sure they were pushing for hansen to be more poppy oh and, sure yeah you know follow the trend and right. they didn't so boom well someone came along and thought hey we've got the next uh new kids and their brothers and it'll be awesome and it'll be great and then when they wouldn't conform to that they're like well we'll go over here to backstreet or nsync guys y'all have fun mm -hmm. um and they did. Like, I, like I, I, I am sincere when I say I respect those boys for, for the career they've put together and for doing their own thing. Um, I remember I used to have a Hanson airbrushed T-shirt that I used to wear all the time. Yes, of course you did. Yeah, man. Did I you, mean, I was seven. Come on. <laughs> did, you get it, did you get it on a trip to the shore? Oh, uh, well, I live at the shore. That's true. So the, <laughs> So there's a guy, there's a seasonal airbrushed guy that had a little, like, hut down there. I don't on the even know where I, I like genuinely don't remember. I just remember when I got that shirt, I yeah. like wore it all the time. That's awesome. That is yeah. so great. Uh, that is just precious. Listen, airbrush. Mm, <laughs> I don't have a problem with an airbrush shirt at all, but I just remember being the kid on vacation or being the kid on a trip to the beach and seeing the guy and just sitting there amazed at the man doing the airbrush work on the t-shirts. Right? Like, like, it's definitely, um, like, it just captures your attention. Yeah. Also, speaking of airbrush shirts, shout out to Angie, um, which, if because since Steve's doing this the whole podcast, if this is the first time you're listening, my aunt is named Angie, and she's the reason why I am the way I am. <laughs> speaking of airbrush shirts, she is, like, TikTok famous right now, and it makes me laugh because a clip is going around, like, of, like, her showing her Nikki Six airbrush shirt in the 80s, and, like... Like, it's in a Motley Crew clip, and it's just so funny because every time I see that shirt, I'm like, that's Angie! That's awesome. That is great. <laughs> yeah, the reason I'm doing this, this is the first time, because every podcast is someone's first podcast. How about that? And uh, I mean, it's true. Who yeah. knows? People can see the podcast topic and be like, what's that? Yeah. I like that. And then it kind of became a then it kind of became a bit as the, as the show went on, and you just absolutely put a button on it wonderfully, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Also, I've noticed Uncle Bill is in the house. So, Uncle Bill and Angie, happy anniversary, you two. Yeah, 25th anniversary. You, you two kids, crazy in love all these years. You Walked out to their wedding reception to Born to Be My Baby by Bon Jovi. Oh, the greatest love song of all time. <laughs> you would have had fun. You would have had fun at their wedding. I'm pretty sure they also, I think, Bill, correct me in the chat if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure, like, Angie sang Paradise by the Dashboard Light with, their, with like, their friend Rick. I think that happened at the wedding. Oh, wow. But I was seven, and I really don't remember much. So if that didn't happen, I made that up. But I think it happened. Mm-hmm. Well, sweet. That's great. They've been as married. They've been married as long as I was oblivious that Mbop was such a sad song. Right? Or not sad, but just kind of a depressing thought. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Where it's like, wow, like I thought it was just like, it's like, oh yeah, that like that song means nothing. It's like, no, like they are saying something in that song. Yeah. Now, and granted, honestly, it's a very young person's take on friendships, relationships, and and the fact that as you get older and lose your hair, nobody's going to care about you. Yeah. Um, you know, that's not true. You can lose your hair and still have friends. Look at George Costanza. Thank you. <laughs> Great example. <laughs> 
also bill confirmed angie did sing paradise by the dashboard light Wonderful. at the wedding so see steve you would have been like right at home i would have been like oh get me on that microphone i would have been i would have been incredible yes anytime i got a microphone i'm incredibly at home of course i'm <laughs> Well, uh, moving right along, uh, we couldn't do this without some Bruce, so um, let's do it. This is uh, Uncle Rico's theme song from Napoleon Dynamite. If Coach would have put me in, we'd have won state. <laughs> Glory days. <laughs> I mean, it's true. A lot of people peak in high school, right? Well, is this, days. is this not kind of a spiritual cousin to Jack and Diane? You yes. Know, the, the thrill very. of living. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. Uh, long after the thrill of life goes on, long after the thrill of living is gone. And listen, honestly, Y'all, I've seen the brokenhearted. I've seen people mourning uh, over a lost loved one. Um, I have seen people in in dire straits with all kinds of uh, personal problems and financial problems and woes in tears. But there is nothing in this world sadder than someone who wants to spend hours at a time talking about how great the old days were. Yeah. Me and Angie call it the way back machine. We're like, oh yeah, Pete, they're in the way back machine tonight. I don't listen, and I don't mean sitting around sharing memories and having a good time. I mean, no, the, but like you said, like where you're like, oh man, like that was the greatest time of my life. Right. Yeah. If 1982, your senior year of high school, you've never, you, you didn't peak, you didn't do anything better beyond that. Then I'm sorry. That's a sad. That's a sad state of affairs to me. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Coach would put me in. We don't want state. You know. We almost. We got so close that year. Well, what'd you do after that? Did you continue to play ball? No, I, I just uh, just got me a job at the factory and, you know, been kind of holding it down since. And that's noble. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. But if if you're living in that moment, you know, that out, that touchdown, that whatever, that even that relationship, you know, uh, the if you're just living in the backseat of that car from your senior year, you know, your senior prom, then, man, you've missed out on life. And to me, there's honestly nothing much sadder than that in this life. Um, Agreed. Do have you uh, now? I want to say, of course, you have, but I, sometimes I don't know with you, Steve. Okay. Have you have you seen the movie Dazed and Confused? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. All right. 
there is the scene where they're on the football field at the end and um, he goes, well, all I'm saying is if I start referring to this as the best years of my life, remind me to kill myself. Mm, yeah you know yep. it's just like no like these will not be and like you said like memories was where it's like oh my god like i always jokingly say i'm like oh yeah like i would totally go back to being like 15 years old caveat <laughs> only for all the concerts i got to see if i could relive all those concerts that i got to see and relive them now like me now that would be so much fun Nothing else. Like, I don't want to go back to high school. Like, nope. no. No. None of that crap. Here, do I get to know what I know now? You know, do I get to go back with an adult mind in that in that position? Because at that point, I'm ruling the roost. Yeah. And I can make it much better than it was. But, exactly. But even then, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to go back to that. I, I had an old friend um, that I worked with for a little while reach out in, in the past week or so. And... We've been reminiscing as we're catching up, but we're not stuck in those moments. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're moving forward, you know, married, families, that sort of thing. And and um and just and, and talking about more of the stuff that really matters, but while fondly looking back on those times. And and I just I, I just when I it, with Bruce, like you said, we could do a whole Bruce show like this. I mean, this comes off of the freaking Born in the USA album. Yeah, you know, so I mean, right there is is one of the most misunderstood songs, and we've talked about that before. Yep. One of the most misunderstood songs in history, and um, and and so yeah, when he sings about you know running the guy, running into the girl that used to be a real looker, you know, and <laughs> and it's just like they they're stuck, they can't move on, you know, it's glory days. And, uh, I mean, just like the the lyrics of you know, just sitting back trying to recapture a little of the glory of. Time slips away, leaves you with nothing, Mister, but boring stories of mm-hmm. glory days. Yeah, yeah, and and it's so and it's so fun to sing. Oh my god, <laughs> I will never forget when I saw him play this song at Lincoln Financial Field. All the house lights were up. Literally, like I was looking up in like the third, fourth deck of Lincoln Financial Field, and everybody was just dancing. Like yeah. everyone was doing like the woo, woo, <laughs> like the whole thing. And it's like it's just so funny because it's like yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, again, not the happiest of no, happy. Not at all. Not at all. I, I just, dang fun. Dang fun. Dang fun, for sure. <laughs> and Bruce is smiling the whole time he's singing it. Oh. Because he's not too cool to smile. And that's a lesson I think all rockers could take. Well, Bruce has said that they are preparing. I'm like, can you announce the damn dates please <laughs> i gotta block calendars off i need like i need something i mm. mean good lord the last time i saw bruce not counting the broadway show 2016 wow i know it's been forever wow. and i need ugh, i mean i need to be up front i refuse <laughs> i refuse to accept anything less than up front and like I was telling my friend Waps this weekend because he was like, oh, yeah, just like let me know and like I'll try to get tickets because, you know, I'm really lucky with tickets because he is. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. I'm like, you would have to actually go with me. And he was like, what? I'm like, yeah, the Bruce lottery, like you have to show up the day of mm-hmm. with your general admission ticket. You get a wristband with a number on it. They pull a number and whoever is that number becomes first in line. And he goes, even if like somebody got there overnight, I'm like, yeah, it's to get rid of all that. And it's to keep it there. I'm mm-hmm. like, but if I'm 58 and 59 gets called, I'm the last person in line. He was like, oh. I'm like, yeah, so you would need to go with me, my friend. 
Mm. My lucky duck of a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well. So, yeah, we got to talk him into it. He's not sold on it. He doesn't love Bruce, but. Come on. (laughs) I was like, I might like. I might like offer to pay for your ticket. Like, I really just need your luck of being up front all the time for Bruce. That's what I need. Yeah, just go with it. <laughs> just let me live my happiness, and then like I, I will totally owe you one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, this is one once again, super happy, super fun, super huge song, super nineties. Yeah, and everyone knows it and sings it. Yep. So, little third eye blind, ladies and gentlemen. Cranston, tell us all about this one. Um, well, you know, it's just, you know, a happy little ditty, right? And then you get to the lyrics, which Steve faded out on appropriately. I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, doing crystal meth will lift you up until you break. It won't stop. It won't come down. I keep stock with a TikTok rhythm, a bump for the drop, and then I bumped up. I took the hit I was given, then I bumped again, then I bumped again. Um, hi, this is a nice little, uh, you know, don't do drugs song, kids. And you know what the craziest thing about this song is, too, is like, I don't know if um, if you remember, Steve, but I used to listen to like the pop radio back in the 90s. They would totally bleep out the words crystal meth. No, I never noticed that. Yeah. So they would bleep out the words crystal meth. I believe they would play it on MTV, but they might have not have even played it on MTV because in the music video, he actually covers his mouth. So you don't even see him say it. So, again, it, if that's taken out and you don't know and like you're not hearing that again, like still, like, even with like the oh, I bumped again, like you're like, right. oh, like whatever. Right. But then like when you hear that with it in, you're like, oh, Okay, yep, uh-huh, great, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a semi-chime kind of life, got it, okay. <laughs> so this is always one of those songs, and it's like a song that's not what you, not about what you think it's about. Wow. I mean, yeah. it's kind of the flip side of Black Balloon by Goo Goo Dolls, which obviously I thought of, however, it's like that's not a happy-sounding song. Like, that song is about heroin addiction, and it's a slow, kind of sad song that kicks up a little bit, 
But this, you're just like, no, do, 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 This is great. And then you're like, oh, it's about crystal meth. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're just all bobbing along. Like, oh, wait a minute. I don't know that I need to be. This is awkward. Doing what will pick you up? What? Yeah. Doing, doing crystal, huh? <laughs> doing what up your nose? What's, what are you smelling? The sky? The, the, why does it look so weird? What's happening? Another bump of what? I yeah. mean, and then it gets into other stuff, but we won't get into that because it's a fr- it's kids friendly show, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> just know it's very you know but, the seedy underbelly of a song. But this is another one that got played, played, played on the radio. Yeah. Um, gosh, I listen. I'm so thankful for the classic rock station that I had up in where I was living in Virginia at the time because anytime I turned it anywhere else, it was this Britney Eagle Eye Cherry or some other. <laughs> deal going on and i'm like oh please no more i can't take it i couldn't i was like this is just getting so and then finally you know like just put in a cd so <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's true well and the thing too with the 90s is like the especially pop radio like if third eye blind was played once an hour they were played 10 times an hour yes like, yes like they, it was just always that same rotation and like you know, after a while, you get burnt out on that stuff, which, like, is why I, again, like, things that I just find interesting where it's, like, songs that, like, I hated because of the burnout factor mm-hmm. as a kid. Now, like, I'm like, oh, my God, put that put that on the playlist. Like, I love that Be My Lover by LaBouche is totally, like, coming back around now because it was in that Pam and Tommy show and all this other stuff. So now and it's in commercials. And I'm like, oh, I used to hate this song. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, Be My Lover, Wanna Be. Like, I love this song. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Wanna be my lover. <laughs> it's amazing what not hearing a song for 20 years will do for well, the song. Yeah, yeah, it'll make you totally appreciate it. Like, okay, I see why this was such a big hit. <laughs> for sure, indeed. Well, uh, rounding out my list here, I, I had to throw these guys in because these guys are... I, I do believe that at least their first album or two were emo before emo was emo. And uh, it's the Counting Crows. And this is Mr. Jones. Everyone <laughs> loved this one back in the day. This is right out of my wheelhouse.
So this is a song all about a dude who just is a wallflower, basically. And he sees life happening around him, and he wants to be a part of it, but he doesn't have the courage to go talk to the pretty girls or to. So he's just striking up a conversation with Mister Jones at the bar, and and they're just kind of you know he's there basically by himself, refusing to to get involved in life. And but when everyone loves you, then you know that's that's what it's all about. But he wants to be somebody, he just doesn't know how. Well, you know what's funny, Steve? Speaking of Counting Crows and this song, I just watched a series on Hulu. I think it was like a Vice series originally that was like the dark side of the 90s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the episodes was about the Viper Room. Ooh. And who's what is the singer of this band? Adam Duritz. Mm-hmm, Duritz. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in that like that episode a lot. And he said that like he was kind of just like this, you know, like you said, wallflower kind of guy, right? Yeah. And then this song blows up and he felt so uncomfortable. He would like go to the the um the Viper room and like go bartend at the Viper room mm-hmm. just to have a sense of like normalcy. And he was like, I felt protected because those were like my friends. Everybody knew me. Like it wasn't like, oh, that's the guy from Counting Crows. It was just like, oh yeah, that's Adam. Right. So right. Very interesting. Yeah. He he's one of those you know, that, that's the thing. There were all those guys in the 90s that they got famous and they didn't want to be. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you sold your music. You know, you, you signed with the label. You did this because this is what you want to do. And now you kind of are unhappy about the fame. How and, 90s. And on one hand, exactly. You know, it's like, I get <laughs> it, but come on. You know, let's let's not, you know, let, let's deal with it and, and move forward. Um you know, and, and I think he kind of settled into that eventually. But he also, like, if you go see Counting Crows live, apparently, I've never seen them. But, appar- but apparently, you're, they're not going to sound anything like they sound on the album. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Steve. Literally. So I saw them with Matchbox 20. Mm-hmm. And I was there with Angie and my friend Waps. And... Like, they played Mr. Jones, and me and Waps turned to each other, like, halfway through the song, and we were like, this is Mr. Jones? <laughs> right. Like, literally, I was like, what the hell? I think the only song that they played close to what it sounds like on the record was Colorblind, and I was so mm. happy because, obviously, Cruel Intentions. Hello. Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, he, like, I've seen him on, I've seen them on some late night shows here and there, and it's like you're just doing this different for the sake of doing it different. And that, and he'll tell you that, like, he's like, I get bored doing it the same way every time. Mm. And so that's kind of his deal. I don't know how I feel about that. I like, don't, I'll tell you how I feel about it. I don't like it. I don't, I know. Right. Like, so here's the thing, like, and this is, I mean, I guess I can kind of compare it to this. So Rob Thomas, right. Mm-hmm. We, you know, him, you love him. Rock out loud, loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, a kind of vibe with smooth that is similar. Right. So his kind of thing, like he obviously he only plays smooth when he's doing his solo shows, but his kind of rule and the way he thinks about smooth is like one, it's so overplayed. He knows that he's in on the joke. Um, But he's like, that's Carlos's song. Right. So I won't do it like it's on the record unless Carlos is there. Mm-hmm. So he always does like, like he did like a funky, like, um, like bluesy jazzy kind of version of it. One time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sometimes he'll do like a rocked up version of it. Like it depends. 
But that's just that one song that he does that to. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're still great. Every time I've seen it, it's still a bop. <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the thing. Like, I don't have a problem with a group going out and they and they and they mix it up a little bit on something, you know. They throw a solo in where there may not be a you know, like a an instrumental solo of some sort in here or there. They they play around with some things. That that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about sounding verbatim like you've just like you're just lip syncing you know, an air playing to the record, you know, over the speakers. But to, to do it absolutely different every time, just because you don't want to do it the same way anytime, is yeah. is a little bit. I don't I don't care for that that philosophy. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny because, like, I mean, I feel like some bands have like certain like iterations of that like you have a band like iron maiden and like there are some tours where iron maiden will do like all the old hits mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then there's other tours where it's like no it's going to be less of like the old songs everybody knows and more of like our new record that came out so because they get sick of playing the hits yeah so i i feel like people have different kind of versions of that but i do find it just very strange when it's like we're gonna play every song that you know from us is going to sound different than how you know it right right exactly yeah it's, it's weird yeah I, i'm not a fan of that so um a couple of other things before we wrap this deal up Kristen. i want mm. i wanted to bring up one oh my um, god there's something we didn't talk about yeah, a couple of things I wanted to bring up. One is, have you seen this trailer for the Elvis movie? <gasps> it made me cry. I mean... It, when I'm, he says, I'm going to be 40 soon and no one's going to remember me, I literally started sobbing. Well, when you when you get old and lose your hair, you know, mm. who who's going to care? Who's going to care? That's right. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks is playing the colonel, and I had no idea the colonel didn't have a big southern draw. I, I feel his accent is very interesting. I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know anything about the Colonel. So I'm right. like, did he actually sound like that? My Okay. So my friend Lucas sent me this, this trailer the other day to watch. And Lucas is honestly, he's, he's known as my star Wars friend and, okay. and geek. And like, we're into all the geek stuff together. And, um, we, uh, he, he said, I'm trying to find the texture because I said that, 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 uh, how did I say it? The 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 accent really took me by surprise. And he's like, and and I didn't realize this. I kind of realized this, but I didn't. He is an Elvis super fan from way back. Oh. And so he's the perfect person. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I had a Star Wars poster on my wall and everything else was Elvis. <laughs> I love it. And I'm like, okay. And so he basically I, the I've got so much from him that I can't find it right now, but I was like the it was the is I said is Tom Hanks supposed to be the colonel? He says yeah. I said I didn't realize he was German, and he said yes he was. Hanks gives him that extra creepy vibe. Oh, and that to me because I always thought the colonel was just like a southern colonel. You know that's what I always thought Seriously? of him. And to know that he's this foreign dude who's come in. Not there's anything wrong with foreigners, but like he's come and he's like you will perform and you will like it. I would like to promote you, Mr. Preston. Yes. I'm like, that makes it that much more creepy. Yeah. Well, I mean, didn't, isn't the whole thing like the Colonel kind of really screwed Elvis out of a lot of money? I feel like it's one of those stories. He, uh, it, it, he basically ran, he micromanaged Elvis from what I understand. Ah, and is potentially the reason why he's dead? 
no, Elvis is the reason Elvis is dead. If I'm well, being honest, well, I know, but I'm sure he didn't help. <laughs> yeah, you know, he didn't. He didn't. I, I think. Listen, I don't know. I'm I'm going to get in over my skis if I talk too much here about the situation that I don't know. I think that at some point Elvis said, "All right, I can't do this with you anymore," and left him. and And I think that Colonel was in some ways protecting Elvis from some things, mm, and okay. that he didn't. Here's like if you watch the, um, it, I didn't mean to go off on an Elvis thing, but like if you go back and watch Elvis's concert from the comeback uh, special, yeah, the comeback special, um, where he's doing Suspicious Minds. And um and and he's making like little jokes in there that are like absolutely the jokes of a guy who grew up in the deep south, and you know he thinks he thinks it's funny to everybody, but it was just funny to him and you know people who lived in the backwoods, you know, like and it, and and you can see how pleased he is with himself that he got you know then stick it up your nose in there like he I I think that I think that Elvis was. I don't think that you ever got the country south out of Elvis, mm. you know, and and so I don't think that he took to his stardom, even though he took to it and and you know was big and everything. I don't I don't know that it ever was who he really was, if that makes sense. Yeah, and so I and and I think that he ended up being sheltered a little bit by the colonel. I don't know. I could be dead wrong on this, and we find out differently. But that's just kind of how I knew it. Here you um, go, by the way, from the chat, John Phillips. Story was he, I guess Colonel Parker, mm-hmm. was here illegally, and that's why Elvis never toured the world. Mm. Parker would have been banned from coming back. Gotcha. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. But so. yeah, I think like that trailer looks amazing. Like I have it marked on my calendar when that like the release date of that movie. Like I am going to see it as soon as I possibly can after it gets yeah, released. I think it'll be fun. Um the other thing is Dolly Parton, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what a queen. And then, you know, did you see what happened after she said that? Yeah, they're like, we're still going to let her in. Yep, scumbags. I'm just like, come on, man. More reasons to hate the Rock Hall. Do you want to say why you mentioned Dolly Parton before I steamrolled your entire thing? (laughs) Well, yeah, sure. (laughs) Dolly Parton was nominated uh, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And she put out just a wonderful statement about how she didn't feel like that was her place to be in a rock and roll hall of fame. And then she said, but I do love rock and roll and I hope to one day make a rock album. And maybe this will be, you know, maybe this will be the the thing that gets me there. Um, And, you know, and I just thought it was so gracious and understanding of what rock and roll is supposed to be. You know, she recognizes she's a country star and not a rock star. And even though she is for all intents and purposes, a rock star, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, whereas then you've got all these other people that have been inducted who are not rock stars at all. Yeah. You know that that are they're rap stars or not. There's anything wrong with any of those styles of music other than pop stars. Yeah, pop stars and stuff. Like go into your own hall of fame. Yeah, but the rock and like, roll hall of fame. I, I'm not gonna see like uh, Black Sabbath and like the jazz hall of fame. Oh, right. And, like, they had these influences. It's like yeah, but they're that's not the point. Kristen, the other day we were in Atlanta in the ATL proper, and um, <laughs> I was sitting in the car waiting for my wife who was inside somewhere, and directly across the street from the building we were in, they were opening up. It was the opening day of the Trap Music Museum. Oh, yeah. There's a museum for that. The, yeah, it's not big. 
Oh. Um, it's I would say it's more of an exhibit probably in there than a museum, but like I mean, it was hyped, and there were people up and down the street going to the Trap Music Museum in in the ATL. Wow. Um, but let me tell you, you're not going to see in there, Def Leppard, Dolly. Dolly. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they're not even <laughs> going to be invited to be in it. But here's the thing: if you get someone who's a trap music producer or or whatever big enough, they're going to get invited one day into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hundred percent. And I just think that's a little stupid. And I appreciate so much that Dolly realized, you know, this isn't for her. Not that I don't love Dolly, and I, don't, I think everyone loves Dolly, but I think I just thought it was super classy and super self-aware of her in a way and that... honestly, like, totally rock and roll to be, like, in the classiest way possible to be like, hey, shove it. Yes, yes, yeah. Put a rock band in. Yeah. And then, of course, they're like... Well, that's that's very nice of her. However, you know, we still think that she's rock and roll. So if she gets in, she's going to get in. I hope she tells him to shove it again. I, I hope she's like, well, I'm not showing up. Like, thanks for the honor. I said that I wanted to withdraw and you completely disregarded my wishes. So I'm not showing up to your event. Well, I is, hope she does it. Is, I feel like she almost has to. Is not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one of those things where once they're in, they have to pay like a fee to be in there or something? They have to pay a fee to go to the ceremony. So they only get a plus one that's like included. Right. Anyone else that is like with their party, it's $10,000, like a seat at a table, I think. And see, at that point, I'd be like, nah, I'm just not going to show up. I know. It's like, it's not that important. I mean, Bowie didn't show up. Yeah. Bowie was like, nah. The Sex Pistols were like, oh. nah. <laughs> nice. That's why we love, why yeah. we love Bowie. Just another reason. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about it. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's been going on. Uh, look, I think it's a fun list that we just went through. It's good times and, uh, with sad lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's it. I think we hit on all the topics that we wanted to, right, Steve? I don't think there's anything else that occurred. I don't see where anyone else has said anything to us in the chat about it. So hmm. I guess no one cares. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess we're going to sign off. Bye guys. <laughs> this is rock out loud. Rock on everybody. <laughs> Um, no, this past week, uh, something happened that we cannot ignore, of course, because we're rock out loud. And, um, it began with a text from you <laughs> that had a link to the Def Leppard website and everything. And, um, gee whiz, I, I, I want to get, I want to get everything just right. Di Diamond Star Halos. Diamond Star Halos. Uh, there was like a tarot card theme, you know, on the whole thing. I'm like, well, that feels very 80s rock. Um, and they had audio clips of each of the guys from the band they were releasing saying, your reading for today is this. And and it would just be these weird random strings of words put together. <laughs> and so I text you back. I'm like, is this a new album? You know, and there was a countdown in everything. And I'm like, are they about to drop an album like tomorrow? Because it was like when I when you texted me the link, it was like a day and, and thir 13 hours left or some such. I would have died if they were just like, hey, here's the album. Well, that's what I kind of expected. <laughs> but the the album is coming in May. I'm so excited. And But they did release a single yes. from it. And I told you off air, my wife's response was, can people that old really release new music? <laughs> and to that, I say, here's Kick by Def Leppard.
I'm sorry. That's awesome. It's so good. I mean, in the in listen, let me just bring back a little classic rock out loud. At jams. Oh. It just jams. Does it jam. It just jams. I am so excited for what this album has in store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we were talking a little off air. Like, you know, Def Leppard's one of those bands, they wear their influences on their sleeve. I mean, Joe was out there flying the flag for all of his, you know, 70s glam influences, which Everything you hear, that is what the heavy inspiration for this album is. I mm-hmm. mean, even with the name, Diamond Star Halo, Hello T-Rex. Um, I can't wait. I yeah. think this is going to be such a fun record. 
oh, we have to do a listening party for it. Although I'll tell you right now, it's the day it re- gets released the day of Struts Weekend that Struts Weekend starts. <laughs> so I will not be able to hold off on listening oh, to it no, until I won't, we can get no, on. Yeah, no, I won't either. We're, we're, I'm just going to listen, and we'll and we'll that way we'll be able to even talk a little more intelligently about him as we as we hear it. I, listen, that that thing kicked in the other day when when you said it's out, and I and I turned it on, and listened to it. I was just like. <laughs> I'm into this. I am digging this more than I thought I would. And, um, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me how as they play, they haven't really seemed to have lost a step. Um, you know, I'm sure that vocally Joe can't do everything he used to be able to do, Yeah, but they play in such a way to, that he doesn't have to, and in those moments, there's the moments there where they sound old Def Leppard. They sound like old school Def Leppard in, in that song, you know, with wall of sound kind of stuff going on. But the guitars are shredding. It's got that. It, it's like you say, their influences are, are all over it. Um, it's got that bluesy feel to it. It's got the rock and roll feel to it that you've got to have. It even feels a little bit like it, when it started out, the first time I heard it, I'm like, man, this sounds a little bit like pre-pyromania stuff this sounds this has a little bit of old 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 school Def Leppard to it yeah Um, like it's not like obviously it's Def Leppard it's gonna be polished mm -hmm. like you know it's gonna have that sheen on it but like I totally get what you're saying where like it's not it feels not as polished like there's still something a little like edgy right about the production the sound like I'm more excited for this release than I was for the self-titled album. And yeah. obviously I was excited for the self-titled album because we know Def Leppard's not a band that they release albums regularly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the last release was 2015. Right, right. But so, I, I will say this, they did some stuff that I didn't realize they did over the past year. And I don't know if they did this on all the digital mediums, mm-hmm. but on Amazon Music, like they, they curated some different like um, compilations playlists. and playlists and stuff. Yeah. Mm. And, and so you've got, um, you know, different, stuff from uh from these guys and and one of them i'm trying to find it because it's really kind of uncomfortable uh <laughs> but it's curated by rick allen so it's okay for him to say this and Ooh, it, by the way shout out is in philadelphia tonight playing with his wife's band oh Go nice <laughs> nice and he says he calls this particular <laughs> this particular one the two-armed years <laughs> yes <laughs> but what's on here that joke but like what's on here is like uh, wasted uh, live uh, from '79, uh, Rock Brigade from '79, mm. um, Let It Go, uh, Alpha, you know the, the 2018 remaster, uh, Mirror Mirror. Oh, it's so good! And uh, and Switch 625. Um, so you know, just a fun little. Uh, they're not even on the playlist. I guess it's almost like a little EP they're doing here with some stuff they've got, but. Uh, yeah, it, it's fun. Uh, Rick's got some that he, Rick Savage has got some he did. Uh, Rick Allen, of course. Um, Phil Collin has one. Viv has one. Um, and Joe has one. Joe's is Let There Be Drums. Interesting. And so, yeah. And, um, but yeah, so it, it it's just some, it, I don't know if, like I say, I don't know if this is across all the platforms or this is an Amazon thing, but it's on Amazon Music, these different compilations or curations that they've done. But they yeah, apparently did Spotify. a. Mo- I don't see it on Spotify, so it might just be Amazon. Yeah, they apparently did it last year, um, around this time. 
but uh it yeah so that's something i didn't know that i i know that i didn't know, I didn't that. know that i didn't know that till today uh and now i'm gonna have to go through and kind of listen to these things so also love the i mean i always love a steve clark reference so i mm-hmm. love the little shout out to white lightning and kick mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. always makes my heart smile i mean when they were doing like the hysteria like live show whenever they would play hysteria and they would show the old clips on the screen every time they would show steve i would just get like so like misty-eyed so always love a steve shout out well they (laughs) listen i'm telling you what if if the rest of the album is as good as that song or half as good as that song it's going to be worth it i mean look let's not forget uh one of our one of my favorite shows we ever did was the Def leopard listening party to their self-titled album and i mean it's hard to believe that was seven years ago I know. We've been doing this a while. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But I mean that was that was high that was that was peak rock out loud right there. And that was us literally not listening to it. We completely went in cold. I thought you had listened to it. I don't think so. I think I listened to like the single. Yeah, well yeah, because I think I'd heard the single as well. Let's go. Yeah. And then um good night. I'm sorry. I, I will never forget the absolute joy um on blind faith oh my god when Um, we were both like oh what (laughs) yes it was it was a sheer moment of joy and i'm telling you what the minute this thing kicked in because you know it it's it's new def leopard for one thing but uh, i just love that they're just doing their thing they're just rocking like look the way this starts out I mean, it's just driving from the get-go. That is going to be a great live song. Yes. You know? Yes. And it, it almost makes me sad that their summer tour is the stadium tour. Mm. Like, I want, like, just a solo, or even not even a solo, but, like, I don't know. I want a Def Leppard tour that's not, like, going to be attempted to be overshadowed by Motley Crue, even though they're going to just... Def Leppard's going to blow Motley off the stage every night, and it's going to be, like, embarrassing. Um, but, I, God, I can't wait for that. Now, I think, Steve, I don't, I think, I think the next Def Leppard headline tour, I am going to do their VIP and, and meet them and be as close as I could be to yes, that stage. do it. Do it. Because, I mean, they are, like, one band that, like, like, you know, I've said this multiple times. I've said it on the show. It's well documented. Like, I truly feel that they do not have a, like, a stinker record in the entire discography. Like, I genuinely, in terms of discography, Def Leppard is probably the band that I like the most of their work. Like, and I mean, I freaking wrote them that letter when I was eight, like, professing my undying love. They sent me back an autograph. Like, that band has never disappointed me, literally ever. So... They are they are one of the big ones. They are like kind of in my uh, they are like in my Mount Rushmore of bands. So, yeah. well, I gotta meet them and tell them tell them thank you. I'll tell you this: they're they they've got a stadium tour. They're coming to Atlanta uh, with the crew, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Yep. In uh, in June, and um, it's they're at the big Truist Park. I mean, they're at the big stadium. Um, the last time I saw them in Atlanta, they were in an amphitheater with Kiss. Okay. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, and they tend to, like this is this would like because I don't have tickets yet for this. I'm kind of waiting for it to get a little closer. Um, 
hopefully waiting for some like reseller tickets to kind of drop down a little bit. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, it's just a very pricey tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but ours is on a Saturday and this will be the biggest venue I've, I've ever seen them in. I've always seen them in arenas or sheds. Mm-hmm. Well, so, this is truest park in Atlanta, the brave stadium and nosebleeds, uh, on the side, $120 plus. I know. Wow. I know. I like, I hope that they start to come down. I yeah. truly do. Cause I mean, I think the way that the Philly show is being marketed, it's like Motley Crue is kind of like getting top billing. So I'm like, wow. oh my God, please let, cause I think they're flip flopping every night. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, great. Have Motley headline. Cause guess what? Def Leppard plays. I'm out. I don't mm, need to see Vince sing every third word. I've seen it yeah. multiple times. Nikki's a jerk. He was mean to me. Screw you. I don't need to be here. <laughs> That's true. I'm looking at this. Def Leppard is headlining in, in Atlanta. And then the next, the next date is two days later in Miami and the crew is, is headlining. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's flat. It's flip flopping back and forth. So yeah. in Philly Motley crew is headlining love. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's like if I could get out and like by what nine o'clock, it's like, cool, let's roll. We're yeah. done. Yeah. Let's go see the Elvis movie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we can catch the 10 o'clock showing. That's right. Let's go. Let's go everybody. <laughs> nice. Well, Look, um, DF Music says it feels like it's always existed. It has that feel like it's always right? existed. And I think that is a great take on, on, on the song because it really does. It fits right into the wheelhouse of, of Def Leppard for sure. I'm de- like I said, I'm very, very much looking forward to this album. Yes, me too. Me to too. see what we got. Because, I mean, they were also completely isolated. Like, it happened during... The, the peak of lockdown, they were all in different spaces when they recorded it. So it's like, I don't know. Are we going to get like another slang, which could be controversial, but I love slang. So are we going to get like this, like, I don't know. It's like time capsule record. That's like experiment. Like it's, it's very experimentive. Um, that's not even a word, but that's the only word I can think of. It, yeah, it uh, does. But here's the thing based on that single, it doesn't sound experimental at all. It sounds like they're just doing rock music. But it doesn't sound like to me, like obviously I know that's Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. But it, it there's something that's different about it. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I, I think because it feels like a throwback in a lot of ways. I, I'm telling you, the first time I heard it, I thought this sounds like pre-Pyromania. This sounds like some of the earlier stuff, just with a more with better equipment, basically. Yes. Um I mean, like really, seriously, <laughs> that's that's kind of the feel that I got from it. And it just is a it's just straight rock and roll. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't, and look, understand, I love Pyromania, love Hysteria, love Adrenalize, um, but those are very heavily produced albums. We've talked about that. Yes. This doesn't have that overly, superly heavily produced feel. It sounds like the guys are jamming out and having a good time. I can't wait! So it'll be fun. So <laughs> there you go. That's Rock Out Loud, everybody. You can email us. We'd love to hear from you. The email is up and running. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Alex had emailed in about Rock Out Lead with myself and Jimmy Mac. And that really, Jimmy, every time he talks to me, he says, when are we going to do this? And I'm like, you let me know. And uh, we never set anything up. So that's on both of us. But we'd love to hear from any of you about anything musically or rock and roll that you want to talk about. 
rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. We're Rock Out Loud Pod on the Twitter and uh, Rock Out Loud Podcast over on the Facebook page, as well as the Goliverse group on Facebook that has all of our different shows represented there. And uh, we have all kinds of different discussions going on. You can get there by going to geekoutonline.com slash group, and it'll take you straight there. Um, so that's how you interact with us, how you communicate. If you want to support the shows, if you're in a position to do so, Amazon links at geekoutonline.com, geekoutpodcast.com, as well as Patreon, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. And as we say, we'll be early releasing the Petra podcast there, and then about a week or so later, putting it out on the main feed here. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what's coming up and what's going on. And we appreciate every single one of you listening in and, and, and giving us your time. We, we know it's valuable, and we appreciate you spending time with us. We are happy. We sound happy, and our lyrics are not unhappy. We are, we are happy about the whole thing. So until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. Rock on, everybody. Rock on, guys. Bye. Every day, dude. I'm driving with my baby.